Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Um, if you have your Bible, open it up to Genesis chapter 1. And then put a, put a pen in it, put a bookmark in it, or take your version app, whatever it is, and also open up to Luke chapter 12. That's where we're going to be. And I'm going to start there because Luke chapter 12, to give you some context, Jesus had all these different run-ins with the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the religious elite uh, of the day. They were the ultra-religious. These guys were not letting their kids trick-or-treat, all right? Just throwing that out there so you kind of understand who I'm talking about. However, they wore costumes. They were all about the mask. They were all about wearing costumes. They had these robes on with, uh, you know, they put tassels on their robes, one for every command that they could find in the Old Testament. So, Colby, does that mean there were 10, you know, tassels on the robes? No. There was some 600 plus commands that they would try to follow and try to adhere to. And so they would put 600 plus of these tassels all over their robes and walk around with this air of pretense, walk around with this, this, you know, just kind of mentality of look at me, I'm better than you. I have all this, you know, worked out, I'm perfect. And over and over, Jesus would call these guys out. I mean, he was ruthless in talking about the Pharisees. He, in fact, he would say things like, I mean, you guys are like whitewashed tombs. You look really good on the outside. Look like you got the part. You know, you're playing the role. But on the inside, he said, you are dead and dying kind of thing. And so, like, he was ruthless when it came to the Pharisees. They were all about the appearance. They were all about trying to, to earn favor. And in fact, this is us. If, if we believe that we can, we can live perfect lives or, or be perfect people, like, let me just tell you, it's, it's impossible. We're a bunch of imperfect people trying to follow a perfect and holy God. And a lot of times we get that wrong. And a lot of times it is, it is messy. In fact, if you and I could be perfect, then there was no reason God should have had his son crucified. Are you with me? Like if we could achieve perfection, then why on earth would he let Jesus be a perfect sacrifice for us? But, but the, Jesus was constantly clashing with the, the Pharisees. Uh, of course, don't forget, it was these guys that ultimately put Jesus on the cross. However, I would argue that it was God's plan all along for his son to be the, the savior of, of the world. Now, Jesus is talking to his disciples in what we're about to read about the religious elite, about the pretenders, about the guys wearing these religious masks. In verse one of Luke 12, it says this, by this time, the crowd, unwieldy and stepping on each other's toes, numbered into the thousands. But Jesus's primary concern was for his disciples. He said to them, watch yourselves carefully so that you don't, and I love this, get contaminated with Pharisee yeast. And then the message version continues. It says this, Pharisee phoniness. Don't be a phony. He says, you, you, this, this, um, this, don't get polluted with this pipe dream of, of pursuing perfection. Like, don't, don't let that drive you. It's impossible to do it. He's talking to the guys, his disciples, the guys he chose to be around him, which I love, by the way, that he picked 
kind of some, some people to be around him that were a little rough around the edges. You know what I'm talking about? It just kind of didn't have it all worked out yet. Peter was one of those guys, you know, and I think he picked Peter because he knew Peter was, he's rough. He's going to cut off some ears. He's going to, you know, jump out of boats. He was going to be bold. And that's what Jesus liked about him. He didn't pick the, the guys to be on his team that went to the best seminary. He picked guys from the Sea of Galilee who, who grew up in the school of hard knocks. So are you with me? And so that's who he chose. And a lot of times we, we think, man, he, he must have chosen, you know, the perfect people or the whatever. No, he, he didn't choose people. You know, the, the obvious choice, he chose people who were in obscurity, which that's a good word for somebody today. Some of you are thinking, why isn't it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm obscure, nobody knows who I am. Can I tell you something? God does amazing things. He changes the world through people who are in obscurity. So don't let that, you know, cause you to, to doubt or to worry. In fact, sometimes people will say, Colby, I don't know if I'm qualified. I don't know if I'm qualified to be called by God. I don't know if I, if I know enough and I would just tell you, it could be that, that what you don't know enough of is enough of bad habits and religion and pretense and things that God has really no use for anyway. This putting on the mask, this, this religious kind of, kind of show. And can I just remind somebody, I don't know who said it initially, but God does not call the qualified. He qualifies those whom he calls. Are you with me? And so don't worry about it. If you don't have it all figured out or all worked out, are you with me? I, I, I love talking to people who are new to the faith. People who are just, you know, people that would say, man, I love Jesus. I understand what he's done for me, but I cuss a little bit still. Those are the people, those are my people, all right? Are you with me? Like people who don't know enough to know that they are supposed to act a certain way and look a certain way and have everything perfect and, and a nice bow wrapped on it. Like that's, that's, I love that because I think, Authenticity blesses God's heart. When you and I can, can just show who we, we really are, who God created us to be, being authentic with one another, that blesses God's heart way more than putting on a religious mask. And that's why Jesus has zero time for it. So Peter, don't stop being bold. Thomas, don't stop doubting. It's one of your strengths. You know, there was a time that, that Jesus would, would gather his disciples and say something like, hey, you guys know where I'm going. And, and, and you know, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not coming back, but you know how to get there. And they're all like nodding their heads like, oh, yeah, we understand. We understand. Thomas is like, excuse me. Like, what? Like, we have no idea what you're saying right now. And I love that because it was Thomas's doubting that led Jesus to say, okay, well, I'm the truth, I'm the way, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Aren't you glad Thomas was a doubter? Like, it just, I love it. I take comfort from the fact that this is who he chose. So Jesus is telling these guys, don't become professional religious people. Don't get polluted by this. Let's keep it raw, let's keep it real, let's keep it fresh. At one time, in fact, he said, have faith like a child. That's how you need to approach God. In other words, have, you know, don't lose that imagination. Don't lose that awe. Don't lose that excitement for who God is. You know, the older we get, the more we have to fight against losing that kind of awe and fear and wonder of who God is. And he's just saying, hey, don't lose this. Don't become like, like these guys. Keep reading. He says, you can't Keep yourself hidden forever. Before too long, you'll be exposed. 
You can't hide behind a religious mask forever. Sooner or later, the mask will slip and your true face will be known. You can't whisper one thing in private and preach the opposite in public. The day's coming when those whispers will be repeated all over town. So here's the, the premise of this message. All year long, you and I wear masks on the inside. But Halloween is a time once a year where we let people see and let that mask shine out on the outside. Well, what kind of mask are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about what Jesus was talking about, this religious mask, first of all. The mask that says we're holy, we're good, we're, we're perfect. I got, I got a few masks in here. Get this rolling. It's this mask it's right here. <laughs> Check me out. Look how often I'm in church. Perfect attendance in 2022. Look at the way that I worship. I'm so godly. Look how I take care of the poor and love the poor. Look at my, my streak on the Bible app. I only open it up so I can keep the streak going, but still look at my, my streak on the Bible app. This is the mask, you know, that says I'm holy, uh, I'm perfect. I have it all figured, figured out. But that's not the only mask we wear. Sometimes we wear this mask right here. This is a mask that says I'm successful. Look at me. I want you to identify me by my awards. I want you to identify me by my, my bling, by my money, by my success. I want to be identified by my bank account. This is how I roll. And a lot of times this is to, to, to fill an emptiness in our life that can't be filled, but we still try to do it anyway with stuff. So this is the mask that we wear that says I'm successful. I have it all together. I know more than you know, and I got more than you got. Are you with me? You, we all have that, that, that friend, right, that, that just thinks they know everything. You know, the person that always corrects even the most little thing that you say. Like if you said, hey, have you ever been to Quebec? They're like, um, it's Quebec. And of course I have, right? It's like, <laughs> shut up. You're not fun at all. I hate you. No, I don't hate you. I don't hate you. Uh, sometimes, oh, we, we like putting on this mask. I'm the knight. I'm the hero. I have never met a, a problem I can't solve. I have never met a dragon I can't slay, you know, kind of thing. This is the, the, the Monty Python where knights of the round table. Mm -mm -mm. It's a flesh wound, right? It's just kind of, this is a knight that says, I want you to think, um, uh, Master says, I want you to think I'm brave. I want you to think that, you know, I'm always going to be the rescuer. I'm going to come whenever there's, there's somebody in me. That's the, the mask that we wear sometimes, but we also wear uh, this mask right here. This is the clone mask. This is the mask that says, I want to fit in. I want to look like everybody else. I want to talk like everybody else. I want to act like everybody else. I want to make sure that I fit in. You know when this mask starts to kind of come alive in our life, at least for me, it was middle school. Middle school is when, you know, it's kind of like this, this, this time where you're like, I got to fit in. Well, I'm going to fit in with the skaters. And so I pretended like I was a, a skater and I was more of a poser than anything. You know, I'm going to get the vans. I'm going to get the, 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 the big baggy pants. You know, I'm going to wear the hat, you know, backwards, all that kind of stuff. Or I'm going to be a BMXer. And the good thing is, is that you and I, we grow out of this mask the older we get. Big fat psych on that. We don't. 
In fact, what happens is, you know, what used to be trading cards and things like that, Garbage Pail Kids. Anybody remember Garbage Pail Kids? I know this looks silly, me talking about Garbage Pail Kids in a clone mask, but like it, it was Garbage Pail Kids and then it became shoes. And then it was shoes and then it became bikes and bikes became, became cars and cars became houses. And I think the older that we get, the more we put on this mask. And we try to compare and the dollars just get more and more and more, um, all in an effort to try to just fit in, but also kind of like this mask. In one sense is the chameleon where I don't just fit in with a certain group, but I'm a mirror and I can reflect back any group that I'm in. I don't know if you can tell this thing is fogging up like crazy. <laughs> I can't see anything right now. So. But this is the mask that says, I will, I'm a code switcher. I can, I can fit in any situation or any scenario. I can be all things to all people. And all the time, I'm simply going to reflect back whatever it is that I think you want me to be in this moment. That's the, that's the chameleon some of us put on that mask. Um, a lot of us wear this mask right here. This is the everything is awesome mask. <laughs> Everything's good all the time. In fact, you know where we wear this mask the most? Right here, right? Do we not? How are you doing today? Well, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything is great. Everything is awesome. Right? It's fine. In fact, somebody once said that the, the, the Christian F word is the word fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We love to wear this mask because we don't want you to see and know how we really are doing in our life. This is the mask that says, I don't want to be authentic. I just want you to think that I am, I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, and then, of course, there's this one right here. This is the, look how sexy I am mask. <laughs> this is the, everybody look at me. Everybody check me out. Everybody, I want to be noticed. I want you to, I want all of the attention. And can I tell you something? It's not Halloween that exposes this mask. Just open up Instagram. Are you with me? You ever seen a bunch of ladies taking pictures together? It's like, it's like this, this contest to see who can out hip and out lip each other. It's crazy. It's this mask that says, man, I want all, all the attention. I'm starving for, for attention. Uh, that's one of the masks we wear. Of course, um, this is a mask that, if I'm being honest, I would probably wear more than any other. And this is just a mask to be silly. This is the, the class clown. This is like, hey. You know, if, if something's going to be funny or whatever, I want to be a part of it. I want to do it because if I can make you laugh, then you don't have to, to see what's actually really going on behind the mask. Are you with me? And what, it, what happens is if you're anything like me, the chances are you have a bunch of masks in your closet that you can pull from at any point in your life. Oh, well, I got to go, go to the club. It's Thirsty Thursday, so I better put this on, right? Come on, make sure everybody sees me in this. Or, you know, I need to, I need to be the rescuer. I need to save that person. I need to, to help them wherever I can. Oh, yeah, yeah, but it's Sunday's coming up, so I better put this thing on so people can see how holy I am and how, how happy I am that I have everything all together. Although inside I'm dying and I'm depressed and I'm anxiety. Like we all have these different masks that we we wear, which begs the question, 
Why? Why? Why do you and I wear masks? And I honestly believe there are so many different reasons, so many different natural causes. It could be drama or trauma or your daddy or your mama, right? That cause us to wear these masks. But there's also a very supernatural event that caused you and I to cover up. In fact, there's the first Halloween, the first mask wearing that I want to talk about in Genesis chapter two, verse 24. It's the story of Adam and Eve. And at this point in history, they're the only two people living on the planet. They had everything at their fingertips. They were together. There was frolicking going on. I don't even know what frolicking is, but there was frolicking happening. They had all the feels for one another. They were in love, right? There was romantic music in the air, all that kind of stuff, all this closeness. And so here's what God said in verse 24 of Genesis chapter two. For this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. And all God's people said, Amen. come on guys, that was your cue. Amen. Let's go. It says they will be married. They will be intimate with one another. Thank you, Jesus, you know, for that. It says the man and his wife were both what? Say it out loud. They were both? Naked. You guys said that with more, you know, kind of assurance than the last service did because they're like naked. They're a little tentative. It's okay to say it in church. It's fine. Naked and they felt no shame. So there was no shame in their naked game. They had no clothes on. There was no embarrassment. There was no shame in it. There was no hiding. This is not the case for us today, is it? Did any of you like me growing up have that dream that you went to school naked? Like, I, I think in elementary school, I dreamed that more, more times than I can even tell you. And I'm sure if I talked to a psychologist, they'd have a heyday with that one. What, what does that mean? I don't know. Right? But I always would, would dream that Adam and Eve, they were totally naked, not embarrassed whatsoever. So before sin, there was no shame. Before sin, no reason to hide, no embarrassment, no, no mask, no cover up. And then if you know the story, the enemy shows up as a snake as a serpent. God told them that, that Adam and Eve, you're to, to eat from any tree that you want to except this one tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And the snake shows up and says, hey, did God really say? In fact, that's how he operates in our life. Causes you to question what God's word says. Did God really say? Are you really sure? Because it's not going to, it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to, to kill you. And while it might not have killed them physically, it killed them spiritually. And they had to be reconciled back, back to God. And so he, the snake put a, a piece of shiny fruit out in front of Eve, tempts her with it. She eats it. She gives some to Adam. And here's what happened in verse seven. It says, the, then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. Panic set in. Fear set in. For the first time, this awkward sense of, you know, there's this realization of what's going on. So begins the very first mask wearing. It says they sewed fig leaves together and they made, say it out loud, they made what? Coverings. They covered up. They said, I, I can no longer be me. I can no longer bring my, my real self. Like I feel ashamed. I feel, I feel unworthy. I feel guilty. And so they covered up. How many of you know, we do the exact same thing. We cover ourselves up. 
because we don't know how to deal with our, our stuff sometimes. And so not only are we trying to project an image of who we want people to see and who we want people to think we are, but we're also trying to cover up who we really are. Shame and guilt. And I'm just telling you, church, if I could wave a, a magic wand and give you one character quality that would change your, your family, change your marriage, change you as a person, change everything. You know what it is? It's, it's one word. It's the word security. Security in your identity. Comfortable with who you are and how you were created and your voice that God has given you your identity, not always wanting to look like or be like or act like someone or something else, but to be satisfied with your portion, to be satisfied with what you have been given. Because we need to understand your ability is in your authenticity. Colby, what do you mean? I mean, God did not make you one way so that you could live another the ability that God's put inside of you, the purpose that he's planted in you, like is dependent upon your, your authenticity to who God created you to be. He didn't create you to, to be someone else. Psalm 139 tells us we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And he knit you together. He formed you in your mother's womb. He knew every single day of your, your life. Ephesians tells us you are his masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus, you are his, his handy work. Created to do good work. So at the end of the day, when we strip this all away, I think the real reason that you and I wear masks is because we don't feel like we're enough. The real reason why we would dip into this, this chest and put something on is because we don't feel like who God created is a, enough. And we buy into the lies that, that that's what beauty looks like. That that's what happiness looks like that that's what success looks like based on what I see on social media. That's what, that's what uh, um, uh, you know, my achievements should look like, that I am my achievements, that I am my, my, my waist size, that I am my, my number of followers on social media. We buy into that, that lie. Do any of you remember a time in your life when it wasn't that way? You remember when you were a child and you didn't always have to calculate everything that you said or calculate everything that you would throw up online. Oh, you remember this? You weren't so worried about offending you know, people. And I'm not saying we don't, shouldn't worry about offending people, but you weren't worried about, about what you look like and what you said and the things that you did. My, my five-year-old son, Gray, last Sunday, we were walking in Asbury Woods. And I, I love him because I love, I, I think we lose that around six or seven years old. We start to be guarded. We start to protect everything. We start to think, well, the world thinks we should look one way and act one way. But we were walking in Asbury Woods and, uh, and, and we saw these, these two people hiking. And, they had, and if you're here, I apologize. I'm not making fun of you at all. <laughs> Maybe a little bit, just a, just a little bit. But they were walking through Asbury Woods with the ski poles. Like from, from the parking lot to the bridge. That's what? Two blocks? I don't know. I'm just saying it's not that far. It's not like they're out trekking Antarctica. And so they're walking there, ski poles, and my son, Gray, he sees them and he looks at him and he's like, are you guys going skiing? <laughs> We're all thinking it, right? We all want to say it. But at five, he doesn't care. I mean, do you remember that season in your life where you stopped caring what everybody thought about you? What they said, 
you know, about you. There was no reservation. There was no shame. There was no guilt. And somewhere along the way, you and I, we begin to feel inadequate. Where does that come from? We begin to feel like we're not enough and our inadequacy begins to develop this phony exterior and you and I put on a mask because we crave people's love, we crave their acceptance and the dichotomy of the mask is this, by by putting on the mask, we're actually creating a barrier in our own life and in our own heart. We're creating a barrier for God's, God's blessing God, God will not bless a pretend version of who he created you to be. He won't do it. And so it, it's funny that we're trying to put on this mask so that we can get love, but in fact, we're actually blocking ourselves from the, the love that God wants to, to give us. God, God's blessing can't get on what you and I have decided to cover up. Are you with me? And by the way, Satan, our spiritual enemy, he's relentless with this approach. He uses what's called the the shame game in trying to tear us down and destroy us. And it starts by by you and I doing something or experiencing something sinful or shameful. And maybe you did it on your own, your own dumb decision. I know I've made a ton of dumb decisions in my life, but maybe somebody did something to you and you're a victim of it. And so then we start to, to, to feel shame because of that event. And the next thing we know, we, we, are, we are connecting that event now to our identity and saying, because that thing happened, then that's who I am. Because a divorce happened, then I'm just divorced. Because an addiction happened, I'm just always going to be an addict. Because, you know, this thing happened, that's who I, because I got bankrupt, you know, I'm never going to be good. Listen, when you and I start to connect our, our, our identity to a singular event, don't let that define you. But that's how he uses shame. And then because of that, because we've connected our identity to this one incident in our life, guess what we do now? Open this up, put on a mask, and hide. It's this shame game that the enemy wants to play. You do something wrong, or someone does something to you, you feel condemned, you feel hurt, you feel shame. Because of that, we we equate our identity to that event, and then we we hide. It's the shame game. And so watch what happens in Genesis chapter three, verse eight. It says this, then the man and his wife, listen to this. They heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Can we just think about that for a second? That should have been the greatest news ever to be that close to God to be in that kind of community and relationship with God, to know that God is coming, that God is coming, coming close. But instead, instead what did they do? It says they what? They say it out loud. They hid. It should have been some of the most amazing things to, to spend that time with God in relationship. But instead, they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden, which how many of you know, that's just plain dumb, hiding from God. You think that worked very well? How many of you are playing hide and seek from God? I played hide and seek with with my son Gray uh, last week and and it's exhausting by the way. And it's not exhausting because he's good at it because he's not good at it. He's the worst hide and seek player on the face. I mean, I'm just telling you, I'm being honest, right? I know he's five years old, but if we're picking teams for hide and seek, I'm not picking him. Just so you know, he's terrible. He's terrible. But it's exhausting and here's why, because for the last three years, He's hidden in the exact same place. 
I'm not kidding. What's tiring about that? You should find them. Here's what's tiring about it. I always am trying to, to make up different ways to draw it out. Oh, where are you this time, Gray? Are you in the kitchen? Are you under the cabinet? You know, where are you? Like, I could just go back to my room and read a book and 10 minutes later, oh, you're not in here. You know, just kind of like, seriously, it's exhausting to play hide and seek with them. These guys are hiding from God. And I can't imagine that went well for them because verse nine, it says this, but the Lord God called to the man and he said this, where are you? Real quick, did God know where Adam was? So why do you think he called out to him? He wanted Adam to acknowledge where he was. God wants to have an encounter with you, but he can't have an encounter with you if you are not willing to acknowledge where you are. In fact, I think before this day is done, God, by his spirit, is going to ask you the same question. Where are you? Like literally, where, where are you? Why, why are you hiding? What are you trying to, to cover up? Where are you? He said, he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. And so I had translation. Um, I was afraid because I was, um, I was vulnerable. I was afraid because I felt imperfect. I was afraid because I, I didn't feel good enough anymore. I didn't know how you could love me with the way that I was anymore. And God, if you can't love me, then I'm not exactly sure, you know, who I, who I am. I wonder why you would say, um, why you hid or why you are hiding. Well, God, I'm, a, I'm afraid that, that, you know, if you know my mind and you know my thoughts, then you know the kind of thoughts that I have. And, and I'm, I'm sure that you're disgusted by them. And so I decided to put on a mask and I decided to hide. Or some of you might say, well, you know what? I have this, you know, I'm trying to fill this void in my life and I, I can't seem to fill it. And so I buy things and buy things and buy things and, and make purchases all the, in this, this attempt. And so it's me trying to hide. Or some of you might say, man, I royally messed up. I made a huge mistake. And so I'm trying to cover that up. I'm trying to, to hide from you, God. So I wear these masks. And this is the part of, of me that I show because I'm afraid, because I'm ashamed. And here's what I believe, that today God recognizes that some of you are hiding and very lovingly, he's asking you this question, where are you? Like, where are you? God's asking, where, where are you? And I want to challenge us today. To respond to that, like, like I want to get all up in your grill. See, sometimes we, we like to say we're a church that takes action. Not just trying to, if the message doesn't count on Monday, then it was pointless. We want to make this applicable to your life. So, so where are you? I want to challenge you to, to have courage to take off the mask, to, to be real about exactly where you are. In fact, here's what I want you to do. Um, right now, I'm going to have the band come help me uh, close this thing out. But I want you to take 12 seconds while they're coming out. And I want you to tell the person next to you. All right. I don't care who your first choice is. Just, you know, they didn't choose you if they're not talking to you. It's just, it is what it is. But tell that person next to you what mask you wear most. Now, real quick, whether it's one of these, whether it's another one, whether it's pride, whether it's humor, whether it's... Uh, whether it's, um, you know, my, my longing to be needed kind of mask, whether it's a brave face, whether it's a hero, what, whatever it is, I just want you to tell them the mask and that, that's it. I'm not asking you to go into detail about it. Ain't nobody got time for all that, all right? So take 
10 seconds now is all you have and tell the person next to you what mask you wear most. Do it right now. Let's play along. This is an all play. All right, that's good. That's it. That's it. That's it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so one of four things just happened. Number one, some of you just wet your pants. You did, because you're like, what, what? We have to talk in church? I got to tell people something? And I know that's terrifying for some of you in this room. Is that true? That's true. The second thing is some of you... Um, when you went to tell the person next to you, what you did was you actually put back on the mask and you lied to them about what it was. Some of you in this room, that was the most freeing 12 seconds you've had in a long time because you haven't had the opportunity maybe even to, to have an honest dialogue about this is, this is the costume that I wear. Maybe even for some of you, it even led to tears because that was the first time you were authentic about where you are. And that's why this conversation has to continue, by the way. This is why we do things called brotherhood and sisterhood, uh, sisterhood on, on Monday nights and brotherhood on, on not this Monday night, just so you ladies know, because everybody's gonna be trick-or-treating and all that kind of business. But guys, we're still meeting on Tuesday because this conversation can't stop. Like, do you understand? We have to be in, a, in an environment where you and I are willing to take off the mask and say, this is who we are. If you don't have anyone in your life that knows the real you, that knows what you are capable of, you are in trouble. You're in trouble. And so this is why, why we do it. In fact, I'm gonna give you real quick, because um, if we don't do this, Here's, here's what's gonna be at stake for us. There's some dangers of us continuing to keep the mask on. Number one is this, write this down, lonely, loneliness. How does that work? People can't love who they don't really know. If you constantly are putting on one of these so you are, are going to be loved, they're not loving the real you. Well, Colby, if I don't wear this, then they won't love me. Well, guess what? Then they won't love you. That's okay. But people can't love someone they don't really know. And so what ends up happening is you think you are surrounding yourself with love, but, but it's just lonely. It's just, lo you know how you can be in a room full of people and still feel lonely? That's what happens when you wear a mask that's not you. Loneliness, the, the, the second thing is this, it's exhausting. It is exhausting to continually put on a mask. It's exhausting to remember which mask you were wearing with which people, with which group, with which group of people because what you build your life on, you must maintain your life on. And can I tell you something? That is tiring, it's tiring to try and constantly, if you, if you lied on your resume to get the job, now you have to live every day in that lie to keep the job. 
if you lied, you know, in order to be in that relationship, then guess what? Now you have to continue that to live in that, that relationship. So you know what the great payoff is to mask wearing? Is more mask wearing. You know the, the old adage, fake it until you make it? No, it's fake it, and then you're gonna have to keep faking it over and over and over and over. And it's just exhausting. It's exhausting to your, to your soul. Putting on a mask also does this. It's a choice to stay wounded. When you cover up the hurt and the shame and the guilt with a mask, can I tell you something? That hurt never heals, never heals. It might scab over, but how many of you know scabs get ripped off? The moment you brush up against something again, the moment something happens in your life, scabs, you know, rip off. If it's a scar, then that's all right. Scars are, mean that's been healed. Yeah, it's in your past, but it's there. It's been, been healed. But you cannot heal what you continually conceal with a mask. You can't do it. In fact, I'll say this. If you all, all constantly conceal something, you know, and you hide it in the dark, guess what? It grows. Things grow in the dark. And they get more hairy. And they get more scary. And they have more teeth on it. Are you with me? What is concealed cannot be be healed. This is how God initially set it up. James 5, 16 tells us that we are to, to pray for one another. Like, so that we'll be healed because the prayers of a, of a, of a righteous man availeth much. The prayers of a, you know, a powerful, uh, of a man are powerful and effective. That's what God's word tells us. And that's how he designed it. Yeah, well, Colby, I just take it to God. Okay. But God's idea was for you to take it to community. That's why we are so focused on being an environment where you can take off the mask because we know how desperately you need this. Here's, here's one more thing that happens when we choose to keep the mask on, we paralyze our purpose because God cannot use who you wish, wish you were. There's a story in the, the Old Testament of King David. I'm sure even if you're not a church person, you've heard of David and Goliath. Well, he showed up to a battlefield. He's just delivering lunch for his brothers and he hears this giant calling out their God and, and saying, your God is useless. He's worthless, all this kind of stuff. And David's like, what's going on? I'll fight him. And so a word gets back to the king. King saw at the time that David is gonna fight Goliath. So he calls him in and says, all right, well, take, take my, my armor, put it on. And so David tries it on, okay, he tries it on. Probably moving around a little bit. He's like, man, I can't really flex in this too much, you know, I'm not sure, you know, this is gonna work for me. It didn't fit him right. It wasn't custom tailored for him like it was for Saul. And so what did he do? He took it off and he said, I'm gonna go in the way that God made me and created me. And so he went down and picked up some stones and a sling and drop that giant. So hear me say this. It's okay. It's okay to try on Saul's armor. It's just not okay to walk your life in it. If it wasn't created for you and meant for you. And if you are walking in someone else's ar ar armor, like then it's going to paralyze your purpose. Take off the mask, take off the mask. Because here's the good news about all this in Genesis 3.21. I'll show you what God did for Adam and Eve who felt naked and vulnerable and ashamed. They covered themselves up. They masked themselves. So the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife. And he did what? 
He clothed them. He made a covering for them. He made a covering for them. Tell me God does not see the end from the beginning. Tell me that it wasn't in his, his plan from the beginning of time because this is an Old Testament foreshadowing of what Christ would do for us on the cross. Shed innocent blood so that we could be covered, so that God would not look and see our guilt and our shame and our condemnation that we bring so that we could take the mask off and allow Jesus to cover us once and for all. This is what this is. And what amazing thing when you and I, and listen, Adam, when, when, when God said, where are you? Adam had to come out of hiding in order for God to cover him. Some of you, you just gotta come out of hiding. And today's the day, today's the day. Would you stand to your feet, close your eyes? I have two questions for you right here in this moment. And the first is this. What is God speaking to you about the masks you wear? Just everyone, this is a holy moment. Just bow your head, close your eyes. What's God speaking to you? How are you covering up? How are you, you hiding? Is God right now speaking to your heart saying, where are you? Where are you? And it's only, only when you stand up and say, here I am. I was hiding because fill in the blank. That God's able to cover you. But what you've decided to cover on your own, God will not bless. God created you uniquely, specifically. So that's the first question. What's God speaking to you? The second question is this, what are you gonna do about it? What are you gonna do about it? For some of you, you need to allow Jesus to cover you, your sins, past, present, and future. The moment you recognize what he did for you on the cross, and you confess him as Lord, the Bible says you're saved. For some of you, you need to take off the mask. For some of you, you need to get into a group. For some of you, you need to come to sisterhood or brotherhood. You need to find community where you can stop being an imposter and get into a place because it's, it's hurting you. It's hurting you. So God, I pray in this moment as we begin to worship, God, that you would speak to our heart about what our next step is. And for those in this room, that your next step is to allow Jesus to, to cover our sins with his sacrifice. I wanna lead you in a prayer that does that before we even sing again. It says something like this. You can whisper it in your heart. You can just, you can tell it to God. Whatever in this moment, just be real with God. It's time to take off the mask. Say something like this, Jesus, I give you my life. Cover me, cover me with your blood for my sins. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose conquering sin and death once and for all. And so I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. It's in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's worship together.
Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast, and we hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com yes. There will be some practical resources that will help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate Church to help people far from God reach their full potential in Christ, go to elevatechurch.com give. We'll see you soon. Have a great week.